So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for a special Big Bad edition of Detention. And joining me as not always is not Chris. Chris is out on a work trip, but I have an exceptionally well-suited fill-in co-host, and that is Mo. Mo, say hello to everyone. Hey, I'm Mo, and uh, I feel like going into my uh, show-and-tell spiel. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was about to do that for anybody who's not already familiar with Mo. Uh, Mo has been our most recent show-and-tell host. He's basically just taking that on. He's been running it all himself. He's uh, like soliciting guests. He's dealing with the cold calls we sometimes get for wanting to be guests. And he's picking and choosing what he wants to uh, talk about, which is kind of the deal. When I say, hey, I need someone to do co-host this show, my end of the bargain was you get to pick what you want. You get to highlight who you want. You don't have to interview anyone you don't want to. It doesn't have to be. There's no like, like we don't get paid for them. They're not advertising right, right. anymore. Um, so I want definitely want to start with that a little bit. Um, what has it been like? I mean, you've already been a podcaster, you're a game designer. It's not like this is brand yeah. new, completely brand new for you, but what has the experience of being a show and tell host been like for you? Positives, criticisms, what are your thoughts? Um, criticisms, uh, they're just way too many people with cool, interesting stuff in the space, you know? Um, I, uh, I, I came to the table knowing like, okay. I, I know a good like 10, 15 people who would be awesome interviews. And so we could bring in some ringers and then like I could go and find the rest. And, uh, you know, between the people who email because they have a Kickstarter going and then like kind of cool stuff I see on YouTube and on Twitter, like there's just so much awesome stuff going on. And honestly, it seems like <laughs> you could be doing this for years and only get caught up to now, you know. Oh yeah, um, I completely so. agree. It, it's 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 cool, but it is almost overwhelming how mm-hmm. many different projects are out there. Like we can't cover them all. Like even if we would, if we if that's the only thing we did at the RPG Academy right. is we right. just interviewed creators who were creating stuff. We still we'd have to release an episode a day, and we still couldn't cover everybody. There's so right, much out right. there. The cool part is, as a game designer, um, I. I ha- I've had a, a great opportunity to hear about some awesome games, learn about some awesome games. It's easy to get kind of, you know, between your day job and your family job um, and, you know, kind of doing the the basic necessities to keep life running and stay healthy. It's easy to get caught up in your own head. And this has really forced me into kind of talking about the thing with people and, um you know, it's funny because a couple of the uh, recordings, you know, we press we press stop on the recording and then we kind of get into the real crunchy bits mm. <laughs> because I honestly don't know how much people want to hear uh, about the odds of D12s versus D10s um, when, when, when that is the thing or, you know, do you... Uh, add plus one to a dice pool or plus one to a, a 2d6, you know, uh, fail success, you know, or lim- limited success range. I don't know how people care. So people, audience, if you really want to hear more crunchy stuff, please let me know. Um, I've really tried to kind of encourage the guests to kind of keep it fun, talk about how the game feels, mm-hmm. because at best, 
we're playing these games to have really great experiences, whether they're a distraction from life or, you know, just to kind of kick off some steam or, you know, to really kind of go to a, a, a place, a fantastic place, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, tell a, tell a cool story. Um, and as the game designer, it's really easy to kind of, oh, do I want cards? Do I want dice? Like get into like this level of minutia that, um, if your game works, nobody really cares about. Right. You know, but um, I will say for me personally, um, I would like, a, I'd like some of that, uh, just okay. in, as an amateur game designer, designer myself. Um, I, you know, I don't actually, if you were to do like a whole episode, but just told like, Hey, this is going to be our crunch episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I probably would listen to it, but just like from a high level, because I, I, I'm very curious about the process of creation whether it's writing a story, starting a podcast, running a convention, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, so if someone like sweated for three days over, should it be a D10 or a D12? And here's why I finally decided one way or the other. I think there's some some entertainment and some life lessons to be learned there. But I do think that I don't think our show is designed to deep dive into all of that. But right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say maybe leave recording on a couple extra minutes. And then you can always edit it out if you decide you don't want it. Okay. Um well, so, I think Michael gets two votes. So I, we have two votes for more crunch. That's right. If anybody else has a vote. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter, on Blue Sky, or email the show, uh, the RPG Academy at gmail.com. So yep. now when Tom decided he needed to step away a little bit, again, Tom's still part of the family. He's still coming to a catacomb. He still helps us out. But uh, life sometimes gets in the way, as, as has been want to happen before. And I basically just put it on Discord, like, hey, I don't want... I. I say all the time, like detention is my favorite show that we do because it's the easiest. There's zero prep. Mm-hmm. We just jump on here and talk. And I love to do that anyways. There's just happens to be microphones and cameras. Right. But if there's anything that we do that I think there's value to, I think it's show and tell. Um, mm. It used to be faculty meetings, but I feel like I've said everything I need to say. And now I'm just repeating myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I get self-conscious about trying to give advice. I'm like, just go back and listen to episode 12. But right. I think show and tell really is a service to the community because as a small-time game designer who's looking for places to promote my stuff, we offer a platform for designers to come on and talk about their thing and, and get some additional followers, maybe get some additional money. Like, I don't know that we've ever been a make or break for anybody, but I like to think we've helped a lot of people at least a little bit. So I really didn't want it to go away. Out of all the shows that were in jeopardy when Tom needed to take a break, Show and Tell was the one that I was like, I don't want this one to die. So I just want to say again, I've said it personally, I'll say here, thank you for stepping into that role. I I really appreciate it. I think you're crushing it. Uh, but you also said it probably wasn't a forever gig. You, you know, you, I think yeah. you committed originally till the end of this year and then yeah. you would reevaluate and any thoughts well, let, on. Let's, let's have the people vote too. Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I, I listen to a lot of these shows and kind of my, like, I, I've been working in the podcast space as my day job. Mm-hmm. So it's been really weird because um, normally I'm behind the scenes and uh, things go great if you don't hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been a great exercise of, um, you know, just doing reps and getting like figuring out what my voice sounds like uh, the most horrible thing in the world editing my voice mm. um, <laughs> but um 
yeah, I'm actually absolutely enjoying myself. So uh, happy to talk offline if we need to have a conversation. But okay. <laughs> well, again, I, I, I tell people the the secret to my success in, in any way, shape and form um, has been that I, I have found a way to surround myself with people who are smarter than I am, mm-hmm. who are passionate and who are willing to do things that help my agenda whether that was when I was working in, in, you know, retail and security and hire people, podcast, a catacon. So as long as you want to do show and tell, it is yours to do. But the moment you're like, I'm done, I won't, you know, there'll be no hard yeah. feelings because I get it's work and it's work that we really don't get paid for. Yeah. Um, and it, it becomes a lot of work. So I just, again, thank you for, for stepping in. I hope you're having fun. I really do I hope am. you're enjoying it. Uh, but if you need a break, if you need to permanent break, just, don't don't hesitate at all to say, hey, I think I think I've done my reps. I'm ready for a new regiment. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Uh, I'll I will once again call out, or maybe I'll take it over myself. We'll see how things are going. The most interesting thing is that so many people have these weird approaches to what a role playing game should be. You know, I grew up. Uh, you know, my friend had a red box of D and D, but we never played that because he got the hardcover books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, back in the day, and. I always thought role-playing games should be around fighting Mm. and, you know, uh, we're going to kind of roll dice and have combat and like do the thing. And just people are doing such weird and interesting stuff with role-playing games and finding conflict in all these weird, cool places. And, uh, you know, I, I just did a, I don't know if it's out yet, but I just did an interview with a guy who, you know, uh, it almost turned into therapy. I was like, what's what's the theme of this game that is about, you know, an alien invasion? Because you could say alien invasion and it means all these things. And, you know, he was like, it, it's it's pod people. It's, you know, people replace, being replaced by aliens, but you play the alien. And he, and, you know, he figured it out. He's like, I'm from, uh, I think somewhere in Europe. I came to America and people think I'm an American until I talk. Mm. And he's like, so actually, maybe this is about me and my immigrant experience. Right. I was like, wow, that is so interesting. And, you know, he gamified it. And, you know, people kind of show up and tell different stories. I, again, very cool. I'm really liking the choices you're making. And uh, I hope people are still listening. Uh, I certainly haven't got any complaints. No one has, no one has emailed and said, hey, this Mo guy's got to go. Uh, but if you want to email the show and tell us anything positive, the RPG Academy at gmail.com. Uh, but the other thing we wanted to do tonight is you just got back from big, big, bad con, big, uh, bad con, which is a gaming convention, not dissimilar to a catacon though. I think you're a few degrees larger than we are uh, a little, mm. I don't know, more established. It's also like, isn't it like California? It's in California. It's in San Francisco. Yeah. You, you got right a bigger to population airport. to draw from than I do in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, so I'm just going to say that's why we're not as big. Uh, but you got to do some really cool stuff there. You got to meet some really cool people. Yeah. And so this is going to be a slightly different detention because Chris isn't here. We're probably not going to follow the same segments that we usually do. I just wanted to talk to you about your experience at, at Big Bad Con. I'm going to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about my stuff because that's what I do. Uh so just tell me, was this your first Big Bad Con? Have you been there before? So this was my second Big Bad Con. And I went last year after hearing this was the very best con in the world from people in 2018 and 2019. Like it was like, they were like, don't go to Gen Con. 
don't go to any other con. Just go to Big Bad Con. And that didn't make sense to me. Like, mm -hmm. it did not compute. And so um, last year, I decided, you know, COVID was kind of over enough. And I was just going to go check it out. And, like, I got there, and it was weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So I've been to lots of cons and, uh, you know, some of you may only hear me on the podcast and you may not know that uh, I'm a black guy and uh, I've been a black guy in the RPG space for a couple decades now. And, you know, like, that's not a big deal. It's a non-issue most of the time, but kind of in the 90s, I had enough experiences that were uncomfortable that I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to cons anymore. Mm. Um, you know, there, I grew up in the Bay area. There are dozens of gaming groups. You know, you, you get to the point where, you know, all the stuff going on in town, what night a week, who's rolling, what dice and, you know, people are calling you or not calling you uh, to be in games. And like, you know, it's a scene. It's a, it's a real scene. Um, and I went to big bad con and everybody was so nice and everybody was so welcoming and everybody was so like bending over backwards to make sure everybody was included. Um, I swear my first instinct was they were doing it wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, and I realized kind of maybe I was sitting with a little Stockholm syndrome of, you know, kind of being able to go in and like, prove you knew all the rules before you sat down at the table and even go and, 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 you know, I used to play champions. I used to play D and D like you play games where, you know, there's almost a, a one-upmanship kind of thing going on at some of these tables with strangers where you're trying to out cool um, other people um, all the while knowing like what we're doing. None of us are cool. <laughs> <laughs> And Fair. so, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't get any of that at Big Bad Con last year. And um, it definitely, came, it, 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 I went home thinking about it a lot and just kind of what my expectations from a con were. And um, yeah, I went back again this year. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really cool, weird place. Um, I don't know. Uh, how the scene is out where you're at but um, I got out of role-playing for about 15 years and um, in California when I got back into role-playing the first thing that kind of clicked for me is that suddenly role-playing was hella gay mm. you know a lot of LGBT people in this space I don't say that in a bad way you know I'm not that's not a complaint but it, it it's remarkable <laughs> <laughs> how you know there's so many people uh who you know are you know letting you know they're trans there's so many people who are letting you know um that they're gay that um you know the pronouns i i first encountered pronouns in the rpg space you know it feels like it has really spilled over into the rest of the world and um that sort of thing is really turned up to a 10 at big bad con you know um like it's inclusion in every way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. um, they fly people from like uh, part of the, 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 
they get sponsors mm -hmm. to make sure that like people who can't afford to go to big bad con can make it to big bad right. con including you know helping people with visas to come into the united states you know like it is huge now um big bad con is run by uh evil the the guy who runs evil hat games uh fred something uh i want to say uh uh sean nittner oh, okay um and so um uh, fred is also a evil hat dude okay um but um i just feel like he has a little more access than um maybe a catacon does oh yeah <laughs> in the rpg space just a scope. yeah <laughs> but um you know they also get uh you know uh D, &D uh and critical role and all these other big you know heavy hitters in the space uh modifius um to to contribute mm -hmm. and so people they, they get these big sponsors and you know you you they have a list of people and they're like hey these are the people we were able to fly here for free from across the country and around the world and you know a lot of these people are game designers and you know when i start talking about like i like cool weird stuff like you see some really cool weird stuff coming from abroad and people who are just really geeky about like the these elements of gaming that you know i i feel like a lot of game design these days is kit bashing you know it's like oh i've played these three games and they all have a piece that i like and i'll put them together or right. call it my game you know and people you know they are uh, um I can't, I don't, I'm not going to try not to ruin her last name, but Pam pa Palazan. Um, she is a designer who has worked on uh, Blades in the Dark supplements. Okay. And she worked on Thir Thirsty Sword Lesbians. Um, you know, she, I heard her give a, a panel on gameable lore. That is to say, making a mechanical thing out of an agreement everybody at the table comes up with you know and kind of why this is important why this is engaging and why this makes for a better play experience and it was just so wild because she explained it a thing that we kind of do at the table mm -hmm. and we kind of sometimes we forget to do and you know our gaming experiences sometimes can be uneven because we're like oh maybe i should have done the thing you know and she really broke it down and explained why this is important. And I was just like, huh, who knew? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've said this before, like, I am not trained to be a writer. Like, I am mm -hmm. terrible at grammar. I've, I've yet to find a sentence I cannot find two places for a comma to go. Like, it's just, I, I write like I talk, and I talk in a very sort of natural, colloquial sort of tone. Right. But I'm a good writer. As far as like, I can make you feel what I want you to feel. I will create characters that you identify with. I, I'm really good at dialogue, but it's just because I read so much. Like I, I was right. some, a little kid, I'll, I've always read, read, read. So there's lots of things that I do as a writer that I can't tell you why I do them, but mm -hmm, I'm mimicking mm -hmm. all these other writers that mm -hmm. I have read. And when it came to designing Action 12 Cinema, it's kind of the same thing. I've played lots of games, mostly D&D, &D, but I've, I've, 
you know, I think I've played somewhere 50, 60, 70 different games over the course of the last 12 years through a category. I mean, just, just on this channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I have a lot of experience. So there are lots of things like, well, I like that, but I don't like that. But I can't do what she did and say, here's why I like that. It's just like that feels good or that doesn't feel good. So right. I appreciate anyone in, in any capacity or, or space, organization, whatever, that can clarify things you're already doing or, or you're recognizing when they're missing. Like you said, sometimes mm -hmm. you play a game, you're mm -hmm. like, that was great. And sometimes you play a game like that. That didn't feel right. I don't know why. Like we had fun, but there was something missing and right. someone would be able to go, here's probably what it was. Mm -hmm. um, super valuable. So I, so I kind of wish, I don't know. Do you, were any of these recorded? Do you know, are they available online anyway? Um, I complained. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, very politely that uh, I wish because uh, they have they have you set up your schedule before you go. Mm -hmm. And um, I set up my schedule and kind of wasn't really aware of the panels. Yeah. Um, I saw Pam at a panel um, last year. Okay. And so um, like I was I was very aware of her presence, you know, and I follow her on Twitter and I like reading what she writes because she's smart. I like smart people. Yeah, me too. Um, and um, yeah, like, you know, it's that whole embarrassment of riches. There's mm -hmm. so many cool things going on. You can't do it all. And um, yeah, uh, they said there was a way that they didn't want things to have to be overproduced. You know, they said the panels were going to be good and polished, but they may be a little uh, frank. <laughs> and so they were not going to record them. Okay. And I was like, you know, like, I'm glad you're making that decision. It's not the decision I like, you know, right, but no. it, you're, you're offering a certain product. And so and, and there is it. there is something to be said for a shared experience that is mm -hmm. just for the people there. Absolutely. And, and it's not just a protection. Like if I say something stupid, I don't want the Internet to hear it. But it does make it valuable. And, you know, they, I'm sure just like a catacon, I want more people to come to a catacon next year than come this year. And those are the types of things that'll be like, you know, this was a, this was an awesome talk. You mm -hmm. come next year, you can hear it, but that's the only way you're going to hear it. There, there is right. a marketable value in that, that I don't, Absolutely. I don't mind. How many people do you know, or roughly would say how many people attend big bad? Con? I think they had, so this year, I think they had more than a thousand. That is okay. to say they, I think they sold out. Okay. They reached their, their maximum. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm projecting, I have no idea. I'm not one of the facilitators or anything, but it felt good. It didn't feel overcrowded, which, you know, in, you know, the post COVID world is a real thing. And um, yeah, I stayed at a hotel across the street from mm -hmm. where it was held. And um that hotel was full, but you know, you didn't feel like people had to like go for miles and miles right. distance to, to get there. Yeah, I would have thought um, it was bigger than that, honestly, because, uh, which I probably just follow the right people on Twitter because well, a well, lot me... of people were talking about it and coming out of it. I would have thought it was like maybe 5,000 people, maybe even 10. Well, let me, let me tell you, it is very, it, so everything I said, I think is true. Mm -hmm. It is also the sexy party. Ooh, okay. You know, so these are a ton of the streamers that you have seen and or heard of. A lot of the big characters on uh, Twitter that have the huge followings. Um, 
game design. Oh, Vincent and McGay Baker held held uh, a, a breakfast talk mm. two days in a row. You know, uh, for those who don't know, um, they invented Powered by the Apocalypse <laughs> with their Apocalypse World game, which apparently grabbed the 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 industry by the throat and inspired hundreds of uh ripoffs and remakes of which i designed one mm -hmm. um <laughs> they're a very and and they they came with they they i hate to say invented but you know their game had an approach that like really suits me as someone who doesn't want to read the book who sits wants to sit down and play the game and and have fun and they kind of have packaged together some mechanics that do that very well. Mm -hmm. um, so there was that, there were a bunch of people with uh, the big games. I played a Coyote and Crow. Mm -hmm. um, the, D12 base uh, system. D, a, a D12 base system um, that uh, was a, a Kickstarter's like smash hit, what, two years ago? Yeah. They made more than a million dollars. Uh, with one of the creators you know so like it like i i i ran into uh matt mercer mm -hmm. more than a couple times i ran into um several people who uh are podcasters from podcasts i really enjoy like uh three black halflings like uh dimension 20 um i ran into uh, a couple people from oh uh Miskatonic University. Mm -hmm. I ran into Bridget from Miskatonic University. I saw your tweet about that. <laughs> and um yeah, like it 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 was a lot of the who's who. And so you hear a lot about Big Bad Con because a lot of the people go have very large microphones. Gotcha. So yeah, so sort megaphones. of outsized media, but that's good. I mean the good it's gonna help them help them grow. Now again there's millions I'm not exaggerating. There are millions of, of small gaming conventions across the country, across the world, as mm -hmm. I know, because I try to schedule one and it's really hard to do. Uh, but the ones that people are most familiar with, probably Gen Con is, is the biggest, at least in North America. It's it right. is the largest uh, gaming convention in North America. And it's sort of the way I've always heard it. It's, it's the industry event. If you right. are in game design, board game, car game, whatever role playing game, that's the one you go to because it can make or break your career. You're going to do the most sales. Yes. You're going to do the releases. It's work, work, work. Then you have Origins, which is in, in and, Gen, or in Gen Con was like 80,000 people this year, 70,000. It's like huge. Wow. Origins is in Columbus and it's about 20,000 people. And it's the game convention you go to as a designer when you want to play. Like it is gotcha. much more laid back. You're not there to work. You're there to have fun, maybe network, but it's not like work, work, work. And then like a catacon jumping way down, like 500 people for lucky this year. It's the game you go to for the GMs who just love games and they want you to play the game they love. Like that, that's right. why our games are right. so successful because we don't give free badges for running games. If you run 12 hours, it's just like, I love this game. You should play it. Let me show you how. <laughs> what is Big Bad Con? Like what, if you would narrow it down to, is it like uh, networking? Is it like indie designers looking for a foothold? Like how would you try to melt it down to like a couple sentences of what the vibe is? So it's run by Evil Hat Games. Yep. <laughs> Matt Mercer shows up. Um, people from video game companies show up. There is definitely a networking element if you know who you're looking for. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Um, I am not necessarily that person. <laughs> like I know people because the people around me start buzzing, you know, in, in the, uh, in the, 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 the cafe area outside of the overpriced, the overpriced cafe area outside of the overpriced restaurant, yep. you know, <laughs> and people start buzzing and I, I learned something, you know, um, but, uh, it is a indie game hotbed. So people are out play testing indie games. People are running popular indie games. Uh, lots of indie game designers are there. And it is a place where um, you might have a hard time if you have a hard on to play D&D. Okay. You know, like if you got to play D&D, there may be one or two games out of the, you know, couple hundred on the schedule. Um, there may be 200 on the schedule. They also have uh, a games on demand space mm -hmm. um, where some people are playing games you've heard of. Some people are playtesting something they're, you know, thinking about pushing out in the world. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. I played Worldwide Wrestling. I played Coyote and Crow and um, somebody uh, and um, I'm, I'm working on a board game. So I actually played a couple board games. Okay. Uh, I played a game called Spirit Island. Yeah, I've I heard it's like a incredible. It I haven't played it. Is, uh, it you know, incredible is like interesting. It doesn't say if it's good or bad. It is it truly incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's one of some <laughs> things like it. It, it if was it's a something four hour compels you or you're interested in, yeah. it, you know, it can be fun, but it can also just be like mechanically interesting to play, but not fun to play for certain people. Um, we had, uh, so to your point of people who love games, it was being facilitated by someone who was not a player. They were a facilitator and they, their, their whole thing for four hours was just telling us what we could do next. Okay. Um, because we didn't read the hundred page book sure. that is the rules that go with it. Um I, I haven't played a board game like that. Um like I've played uh Axes and Allies, I played Risk. Um I haven't had the joy of losing friends at, at diplomacy. Mm -hmm. Um but uh yeah, you know, it was doing a lot of stuff. And you know, just like rpgs there's all of these conventions um uh, a ways of going about approaching the game and these these styles of games and i've heard all these things over the years and now that i'm thinking about poking a toe in the water like it's really uh i'm just trying to get my head around this stuff you know what's a worker placement game what's a deck building game you know like what does all this stuff mean so uh, i played a. Uh, spirit island and i played clank mm. which was a much more straightforward uh easy to pick up uh game that i could probably play with my 10 year old yeah i i have you know. several versions of clank and expansions right. i really like because it's sort of a dungeon explorer plus deck builder and yeah. I like both of those and yeah. it is like my kids like it as well I, I recently picked up the new version which has randomized rather than having a board you have tiles and as mm -hmm. you explore, you play them out. So there's a, a random. That, that's, that's what we did. Yeah. So it's and called Catacombs, I think. So, yeah, I, I actually quite like that game. I don't play it a lot, but I do enjoy it when I get to play it. Yeah. And 
So Spirit Island was a four-hour game that felt like a three-hour game, which is still too long mm-hmm. for a board game. <laughs> and Clank was a two-hour game that felt like a one-hour game, okay. which I thought was just right. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm working on a game called uh, Fabulous Freeman, which I'm endeavoring to make a fun African-American history game. Oh, okay. Uh, I think there's a lot of things in... You know, we 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 pull from you know European fantasy. We pull from a lot of there's a lot of Asian inspired board games. Uh, there's not a lot of happy uh, African American games. I'm trying to make money. Yeah. Okay, well, best of luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully that will work out well. Uh, so you plan on going back? Is this going to be a yearly thing for you now? Um. So, um, you said a thing earlier about how there are games you go to for your uh your your business your career as a designer mm-hmm. and um i made some decisions this year and um i am trying to you know become a little more um of a publisher and designer of games uh i i've i made i, I published and designed one game and it was really hard and emotional. Mm-hmm. You might know some of these feelings. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I took a, a couple years break uh, making very, very small games, you know, little uh, slight games. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get art for this. We're just going to play it. You know, um, <clears throat> we're, we're going to figure out how this works. And then, you know, one day I'll pick it up and uh you know, wanting to move a little more into the the business of of publishing, there are cons that are not cons that like big bad con or a catacon. Um, so uh, I went to Gamma last year. Or I went to Gamma this year for mm-hmm. my first time, and um, that's that is that's a place, an industry like like truly that, an industry convention, right? It's where game designers and publishers come together, not necessarily well, like players per se. No. There's very little game playing. There are lots of market projections, lots of market uh, charts. Mm -hmm. There are lots of like people who manufacture games pitching their services. There are lots of um, distributors pitching their services. And, um, you know, they make the game designers go pay to go. And the friendly local game stores get to go free. (laughs) And so you end up meeting people from across the country and around the world who might want to sell your game. Gotcha. Good, good people to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with the prospect of doing a board game, I found out in September after I kind of locked in for big bad con that there's a thing called New York toy fair going on Mm -hmm. the same weekend. And that's where um, it is not the Christmas toy fair, which happens, I think, in June, but um, it happens in June in Singapore. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm not at that level, oh, you know, yeah, no. uh, I hope one day, someday ever, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I could swing a trip to New York. And so uh, I will be trying to figure out... Um, the the new york toy fair part if i have a board game in the world um because that seems uh, uh, 
what I'm learning is that board games are toys and role-playing games are not toys. Ooh. Int- okay. Could, can you unpack that a little nope. bit? Okay. I can't. <laughs> I'm learning. I, I'm not understanding. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just literally parroting what I'm hearing. Um, so um, I hope my answer is I hope I get to go to Big Bad Con next year. That would be really cool. Um, it's a great vibe. Um, you know, uh, inshallah, we will see. Okay. You know, it's not in my hands. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's last year I was very unnerved by like the kumbaya, like there's not going to be any drama vibe to it all. And this year I, I, I kind of felt safe and comfortable in it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, again, that's, they are clearly putting their, they're hanging their hat on this is an inclusive event. And yeah. anyone who is okay with that is welcome. Right, right. And, you know, you say you say anybody who's okay with that. And, you know, I, I live in Los Angeles now. I'm from Oakland, right across the bay from San Francisco. I absolutely invited more than a dozen of my friends who were like, eh, it's not my scene. Yeah. And um, I think that's because they like, you know, Savage Worlds. They like Champions. They like D&D. Uh, they like a bunch of games that like uh, you you go to Big Bad Con to see what you can play. Mm-hmm. You don't go there to play a particular game. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. And, and again, I, I would say a Catacon it mirrors that as well. Like we have mm-hmm. a few games of D&D. We're going to have a few games of Pathfinder. But the majority of our games are not those things. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of our selling points is people get to play games they've never played before, some they've never even heard of before. Yeah. Uh, so I think we kind of we married that or mirror that as well, uh, just on a, on a slightly smaller scale with less and, celebrity. And and what's awesome is you're doing it in a totally different part of the world oh, yeah. because, you know, there was definitely a point where most of the people at Big Bad Con were either from the Bay Area or L.A., mm-hmm. you know, like – yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's not a it's not a big reach, you right. know, to hop on a plane in Burbank, get off the plane in San Francisco, go hop on a 15 minute shuttle and you're there. You know, you left your house three hours ago. Um, so, um, you know, it's awesome. You're doing that sort of thing um, kind of in Ohio, Kentucky area. So, yeah, it, I mean, again, we have a much smaller reach, but, uh, you know, we're. We're hoping, we're hoping to grow mm-hmm. again. We're still hoping this, right now, it looks like this is going to be our best year ever uh, in terms of attendance. That's certainly what we're targeting, what we're hoping for, uh, what we're budgeting for. So hopefully it all works out. Uh, we actually got some very exciting news just this week. I haven't shared on the public yet. So uh, the the DCC, the, this, the convention center that we use is in Dayton. And uh, they have, basically their main exhibit hall is one giant room, just like most right. convention halls, but it gets subdivided. And the room that we have always used is designated as Hall A or 101, and it is the smallest section of the big giant room. It's like 21,000 mm-hmm. square feet, mm-hmm. more room than we need. We, we, we ring the hall with vendors. All the game tables are in the middle. And that's one of the things that people have said about our convention that they, they, they like is that it is kind of contained where like, if you play a game on Friday 
you're going to see all those people all weekend. So like if you had right, a great experience, right. like you, you know, I played a game with Mo, Mo was cracking me up with his Scottish dwarf. And I'm just like, Oh, I love what you were doing. I'm going to see you at two tables over playing a different mm-hmm. game. I'm way at you. I'm going to see you going to the vendor on Saturday. I'm going to see what you bought. But we've always wanted, like, it's been my, I'm going to say we, me, I've always wanted to grow to the point where we need to move into the bigger room. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's not to capacity, just having more room, we can spread our tables a little further apart. Just, you know, just the feel of needing a bigger room is like a big step for me. <clears throat> we have yet to get there. Okay. Very, very clear to say, and including this year, we have not grown to the point that we need that room. However, the DCC is going through some extensive remodeling and unbeknownst to me, we had lost like a 15 foot section all the way up and down the room to a construction wall that oh. I, they forgot to tell me. So I built my maps. I put my tables and I said, here's where I want it. And they're like, uh, you can't do that because you have 15 feet less on you the don't have, You don't have the space. You yeah. don't have the space for that. And I'm like, I've already sold every vendor spot. We actually, we've never done that before. We sold out every vendor spot during the Kickstarter. Ooh. Usually we have a bunch left over. I'm like, I have already sold spots. I have to have this space. And because no one was using the larger room, they're going to let us use the larger room this year for free. Well, not for free, but no additional cost. Right, right, right. So right, I'm paying right, for what I always paid for, but we get to be in the big room. So normally that room is divided into three. We usually have section one. This year we get sections two and three, which is what, I've, so, what I've wanted the whole time. So we kind of get like, like you got experience and you leveled up. Kind of, yeah. But, <laughs> but we also get this, um, we get this sort of trial, I guess, what it would look like, Ooh. what it would feel like. How many because I, I'm a little worried that it's going to feel like we're understaffed or right, underpopulated right, 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 right. because we have so much more room than we normally have. And if we don't fill the room up, it's, is it going to feel weird, you know, like isolated or whatever? But I think it's a really good test for us to say, is this actually a viable thing that we need? Because if it doesn't work out, then I'll be like, okay, well, I just don't have to worry about that. I don't need to worry about growing to that capacity. I can just worry about growing to our maximum in this room and mm-hmm. then be done. Uh, because again, again, the, the, the plus one here, plus one there, the sausage about uh, a catacon is the DCC is by far our biggest expense. It's over 50% of our total budget every year. Going to that room would more than double that. So like we, we spend X on the DCC X is already like 60% of our total budget. Mm -hmm. That room would be X times two. Right. So it's a huge expense to us to, to go in that room. And if it's just not something we need to worry about, that actually in a lot of ways makes takes, my life easier. Yeah, it takes a pressure off. It takes a lot of pressure off of needing well nice. we got to grow. What's our growth? What's our growth? If I can just be like, okay, we're gonna cap instead of trying to get to 750, we're gonna cap at 500. Mm-hmm. I know my costs. I can base everything off that and I'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, as long as we get 500 a year, perfect. So there's actually it's it's kind of a no risk opportunity for us to try this out. So I'm very excited about the fact that it didn't cost us any extra to try it, but knowing me the way I do, I'm probably going to want to do it again next year. And I'll be like, okay, well now we've got to raise an additional X, uh, which is not cheap. Let me tell you. Right. right, Especially when you're in Dayton, Ohio and your, your reach is much smaller than like the Bay area, you know? So, yeah. Um, But yeah, so again, I'll just keep on that train. So our convention is November 3rd, 4th and 5th this year. Um, our Kickstarter was the best Kickstarter. Well, second best ever. We, oh no, actually, no, it was, was the best ever. Sorry. Um, we've ever had, we, um, sold out of vendor spots. We sold out of demo spots, uh, badge sales. Everything was up 
and um, badges on sale now. People can go get badges. I think last time I checked, we had 180 events. Uh, 105 were RPGs. I think mm-hmm. so far we have two Pathfinder games and like four D&D games. Everything else is something else. Wow. Uh, Forbidden Lands, Dread, Cypher mm-hmm. System, Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. Champions, Marvel Superheroes. Again, it, it's it's absolutely the place to go if you want to try out RPGs. And not necessarily, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but it's not necessarily like the you're a school of fish and you're role-playing through a tsunami. Like there are games right, out right, there right, where right, you, right. you have those right, like very right. niche experiences. These are still the games that where you have swords and you fight dragons, but mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the big ones that you've thought of. There are some weird games like that. I, I run some weird games like that, but yeah, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's a great place to kind of stretch your, your wings a little bit and try some other games, but it's not such a huge departure maybe from your comfort zone. If you right. are coming from D and D and you want to try like, well, dragon Bane, it's a lot like mm-hmm. D&D, but it's got some differences. Maybe you'll try that. 13th Age, right. it's like a cousin to D&D, you know, that type of thing. So uh, a lot of board games. We're going to have the biggest raffle we've ever had. We got more prizes than Ooh. we've ever had before. Um, I don't know what our play-to-win situation. Are you familiar with play-to-win? Do they have that at Big Bad Con? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Okay. They may have. It probably wasn't <laughs> they, had a, you were doing. they had a lot of stuff I, I, I didn't get a chance to experience. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't do it all at a convention. But, yeah. uh, so we partner with a group called Double Exposure. They're the same group oh, that actually yeah, yeah. hosts Metatopia. My, my buddy Darren Watts, who passed away this year, he oh. used to be a, a big wig over there. Okay. He, he founded De- uh, Dex, Dex, Dexcon. Dex, Dexcon? Yeah, they run, I think Dexcon and Metatopia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Avi and Vincent are the two that I yeah, yeah. work with. So basically they work with publishers and the publishers send out free games to conventions like us mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on attendance and say, here's 20, 30 different games. And we set up, it's it's kind of like a raffle where you get to try the game. So you come up and give an ID and you take any game on the table, you go play it. And if you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like to own that. When you return it, you get to put in a, a raffle oh. ticket for just the game that you played. And every time you play it, you get a new raffle ticket. Everyone at the table who plays gets put in. So if it's a five-player game, all five of you can drop a ticket in there. And we also supplement that. So I'll probably get, I'm going to guess, about 25 to 30 games because we are a little bigger this year than last year. Mm-hmm. And then I've bought uh, five or ten games that um, I wanted to be play because the games I enjoy. I've had a few sponsors who donate games and say you can, you know, use some for your library from some for prizes, some mm-hmm. for play to win. So whatever, we're going to have about 35 to 40 games where people can play to win, which is the most we've ever had. So like everything is bigger this year than before. We just need enough people to show up to, to play the games. Cause that's honestly, I know it's, I'm, and, and all honesty, I'm not like trying to oversell it. Our biggest opportunity is we don't have enough people for what we offer. Like every right. year we have dozen, two dozen, three dozen games that we end up canceling because we don't have enough players. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not that nobody wants that game. It's just they've already picked other games. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, you can just cancel your game and you as a GM get to jump in and play something. Like that's, right. you know, it's not your fault. But we need another 100 to 200 players to fill in all the games that we already have offered. And again, that's all. We're, we're just trying to get more people. But it's mm-hmm. Dayton, Ohio, November. It's not sexy. Dude. I like I I I I keep wanting to say I'm coming to a catacomb. You should, man. Then I then I keep asking questions like, "Is it cold?" Oh, <laughs> it depends. Last year it was like seventy, and oh, people wow. were wearing shorts. And the year before it was like negative five. So 
Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, we'd love to have you come out. Can't I, afford I wanna... to fly you for free, but yeah, I'll yeah, give yeah, you a yeah. hotel room not... with like nine other people. Uh oh, good looking, good looking. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I I I used to be in the army. I, oh, I, I've, yeah. I've slept with more men. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of the, our motto at the RBG Academy: is it's asses and elbows. So, like, whenever yep, we go yep, to yep. conventions. We'll get nine or ten people, throw them in a room. Mm-hmm. That way it's the cheapest possible. And I mean, mm-hmm. we're only in there for like three hours a night anyway. So, so yeah. that's the way it works. But that, that's always my thing is that I can't afford to fly you out. But if you want to, you can have a free spot on the floor if you want it. Uh, wow. You're, you're, you're making me want to cash in, you know, uh, credit with the wife. Uh, we'll, we'll see how the next week or two goes. All right. Just <laughs> let me know. Open invite this year, next year. Uh, but you. I do hope anybody's listening. I, mean, I assume anybody listening to this has already been, knows either knows about a catacomb right. and has, has come or is just never going to come already. But it it is absolutely a labor of love. I still have yet to make a significant. Of course, all of over the course of all of them, I'm still in the hole total. Like I've had a couple of years wow. where we made money, but I've had other years where we didn't. So this right. is not like a thing I do to make money. This is a thing I mm-hmm. do because I love my personality. Is I love providing places for people to have fun. And this is like that writ large. Now, I want to make money someday. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. If I make money, I won't be upset about it. But our goal every year is to break even. Like, if we right. can just pay all of our bills and have zero debt at the end of every year, we consider that a success. Nobody gets paid, including me. Right. Nobody gets paid. Everybody there is a volunteer. Again, I, I basically I get a hotel room and anyone who wants to use it can. And I usually buy pizza for everybody once or twice. Like, that's that's what the volunteers get for helping out. So I just, I don't know what, but it seems like it's important to me. Like if someone handed me a million dollars tomorrow and said, here's run a catacomb for the rest of your life, I would, but I'm not doing it to try to get right. paid. If for the money. Sense, yeah. so. Listen, the reason I'm part of RPG Academy is because of your passion and just being an awesome person. So like, Aww. you know, um, I, that it shows, you know, I, one day I was just a listener <laughs> and I was just like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> my or my my gravity well sucked another mm-hmm. person into into mm-hmm. the orbit, yeah, and then absolutely. now you do shows because that's the way I, I operate. Uh-huh. Um, but again, I don't I, I don't ever want to like like I love Gen Con. The reason the Catacon exists is because I went to Gen Con and I loved mm-hmm. Gen Con, and then I went to Origins and I loved Origins. I've been to Sensicon, I love it. I've been to Lexicon, I love it. I love conventions. It's just a thing I do, and the Catacon is just one small part of what I like to do in the world and provide games and stuff. Uh, so I'm not trying to say it's better than any other con or worse than any other con, but it's really good con. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good one. It may not be the best mm-hmm. one, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think if people were to give it a shot, they would probably have a good time. So maybe there's at least one person listening today for you. Who's like, okay, all right. Pushing over the edge. Yeah, pushing over the edge. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good time. It's, it's a ton of fun. Uh, I'm running Star Wars Dread this year. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I'm hanging up Scooby-Doo Dread. Probably not forever, but for a little while. I've ran it so many times. Right. So Chris and I are developing a Star Wars Dread that is mm-hmm. going to be similar, very very much like a LARP. Like you're basically yeah. role-playing the yeah. whole time and there's a little bit of Jenga in there. Right. And um, I got to play test that adventure at the faculty retreat. Definitely have some things I got to work out, but uh, it was still successful. Everybody had a good time. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm doing my murder mystery LARP, uh, mm-hmm. which I've done several years. Always a good time. Do you guys get much LARP out there for a catacomb? No, we don't have any. And it's not even, te- well, 
So it's a murder mystery. It's a D&D inspired murder mystery game mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. we ask people to dress up. It's not required that you dress up. Right, but we, right, right, right. Most, most people do. And then we have uh, four or five NPCs that we have a butler usually dresses up like a butler. We have a chef, you know, we have an apron and a hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have the lady of the house and the Lord, Lord and lady of the house. They, they, you know, like maybe dress more like in a suit than like a, you know, a, a cloak, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people dress up. But, uh, but basically it's a murder mystery sort of thing. And then we have a couple hours, we buy some cakes. So you get free cakes. Why not come for that? But go. we don't have any actual hardcore LARPs. Yeah. yeah. Mine is just like a costumed, uh, it also involves Jenga, so because uh, I love, really like Jenga. Uh, but probably the thing that I'm most excited for is the families coming out this year. This is the first year Ooh. ever my wife will be there. I've I've gone to a couple conventions with my boys and played games, mm-hmm. but they are both running events this year. John is Ooh. running an RPG session, and Jacob is going to run some werewolf in the mm-hmm. in the afternoons. And I'm very excited. I'm nervous. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actually very nervous. But I'm excited to share this part of my life with my boys. Uh, the wife does not care at all. She's coming because the boys are coming. She loves right, me, right, right. but she doesn't get this at all. She's not into yep. it at all. Yep. But uh, I have one of those. I you love her. <laughs> Great partner. But yep. uh, this, that's just another thing. But uh, you know, again, you know how this works. I've always wanted my kids to want to do this mm-hmm. stuff with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very weird relationship with my dad. We we were totally estranged mm-hmm. for the last six years of his life. Never said a word. I uh, got a, like a text like, hey, he's dead. Like, you know, that's just the way it worked. But when right. I was a little, I worshipped my dad. He was my mm-hmm. hero. I loved I, I would do anything for him. I was so, so, he was such an important figure in my life. And I don't, I don't want that same trajectory for my kids. Like, I, so I was very worried that if I pushed them too hard, if I made it too important, if I just lost right. my temper, if they didn't play the way I wanted them to play, that it would go from being this thing that we do as a family that I love to this conflict, this this mm-hmm. like pressure point between us. And so far, I have navigated those waters expertly because both my kids love playing games. Uh, John is running games for his friends. He runs a mm-hmm. regular D&D group with some friends at school and... Jacob actually has ran a couple of games as well, but he doesn't seem to be as into the running as, as mm-hmm. playing. So the first time we went to a con together, like I almost cried. Like I took him, like we sat down and bought tickets. Like it was a, a, to get to play where we all played together. Like I wasn't running, they weren't running. We, we got to play together was a huge thing. And this next step of them running events at the convention I run, like I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional now talking about it. Like yeah, I am yeah. so excited but I'm also like, worried that it I'm could. I'm dead and good. I know I'm it's dead and good. But it, it, it could go horrible too. Like if they have a terrible experience, you know. Um, but it's exciting. I'm I'm super excited about it. Um, looking forward to it. And I know, I'm definitely I'll have things to say, good, bad, or indifferent. Efforts over. But it's it's a big deal for me and my family. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, our local LA con. I took uh, my son. They on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, they have a a kids game time. And, um, you know, I've been seeing it and like you have kids in there like up six years old sometimes. And mm-hmm. so I took my kid this year and he was 10 and um, he had a ball. You know, he sees me gaming all the time. You know, I usually go in another room because, you know, sometimes the game isn't family friendly. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, he sees me, you know, zoom in all the time, especially with COVID and all that stuff. You know, I don't go out of the house and do it all in person anymore. 
And uh, he's curious, but likewise, I'm like, I'm not pushing on this, this on you. This is something you will choose. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it's like the pressure for me is less, you know, because I'm like, you know, gaming is some weird stuff, dude. And a lot of people like it is as popular as it's ever been. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people just still don't get it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, I'm okay with that. And so I'm like, you know, if you choose this path, good on you. And if you don't, good on you. You know, we're we're good. I I would be disappointed if my kids didn't, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be upset. Like I wouldn't be angry Mm -hmm. or mad, but I would be like, because it's a thing we do together. You know, it's right, not just right. the, the game. Um, and that's, I started, at least for me, I started with board games. Um, and then No Thank You Evil was the first RPG. Yes. That yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, I think both my kids are imaginative. They both like to read. And I, mm-hmm. so I think that really kind of captured their imagination mm-hmm. where they could just, you know, have these adventures. But that's like one of my favorite things to do is just like after dinner, a couple of nights a week, we'll just pull out a game and play it. And though, again, the wife's not hardcore into it, but she'll, she'll play a few games if there's certain Sometimes, ones. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's a, it's a big thing for me just to spend time with my family playing these games. So it's. And you guys were all locked up in the house for a couple of years. So yeah, you, it was you a didn't whole thing. have a lot to do. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's just, it's something I, you know, it. For some people, I'm sure it's like watching sports. For some people, it's mm-hmm. hunting, fishing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think this mine's better or worse, but that is my thing right. that I enjoy spending time with my kids doing, and it just warms my heart that they're into it. But much like I, when I was little, I hunted and fished with my dad, mm-hmm. and there was a point where mm-hmm. I just, like, didn't want to do that anymore, and right. that was kind of the start of where our paths diverged. So, I, you know, I'm trying to keep – I'm trying to hang on loosely that if one of my boys gets a little older and is like, you know, I'm not really into that anymore – you, know. you, you had a good time. I did. I absolutely and, had and, a good time. And trust me, he'll be back. I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so I had, no one had jumped into chat for a long time. So I had kind of quit looking at it and then Brodebush jumped in. So my apologies, Brodebush. I don't know how long ago you commented, uh, but they basically said hello. And they said, I agree. I'll assume it was something you said they agreed with because I'm an idiot. But thank you, Brodebush, for hanging out with us. Um, actually, uh, this year, his son is going to be demoing a game. So Brodebush. Oh, wow isn't a game designer, at least not officially that I know of, but uh, just really likes uh, a particular game. And so he got a demo table just to show off this game. And nice. I guess his son is going to be there with him demoing it as well. So it's, and, and let, let me tell you, man, it, that is so much more pure, you know, than like the person who's designing the game. Mm. Cause I'm sure um, you, you, you may have gotten there. You, you may still have some gas in the tank, but you design a game, you get tired of running that damn game. You know, I want to run something else, Yeah. you know, and, um, but at a certain point, it's your job, you know, yeah. you've committed to this thing. And now th- this is the path you've chosen. Right. And I think it's awesome when people like decide they find something, they want to be a fan of it. Um, they, they they're not responsible for it and they you know they just want to lean in and share that's awesome yeah sorry and again, you know, that, i think that just falls into the catacon thing people play games there because they love them and they want to share them that, that's just a, an extension or an example of that philosophy yeah. that i think we we do so well but i did want to comment on sean about not playing your own game because i've mentioned this before like i i have mm-hmm. these weird anxieties i know that about myself i'm a weird person everybody's weird in their own way right but like at christmas I don't like it when people look at me when I open presents. Like if, if you bought me a present, oh. say, here's a present. 
and I open it and I get truly touched by this gift. It was either expensive or it was like something mm-hmm. I really wanted or like showed mm-hmm. that you understood me in a way. I would get emotional and I don't want you to see that. Right, like right, I have anxiety. Right. So I'm the person that I will snipe and open up presents while other people are open presents. And then it's like, I'm done. And I, I try to hide that, right? And so I have found that when I play Action 12 Cinema, if I'm actually playing it, it's the same way. It makes me very uncomfortable, uh, to be mm. honest, playing the game. Because there's always a part of me that's like, no one's having fun. Or if they are acting like they're having fun, they're only acting because they just don't want to hurt my feelings. So mm. I am just miserable all the time when I play my game. So I don't play it a lot because it makes me mm. so uncomfortable. Even if other people are having fun, I start, my anxiety's like, well, they're lying. They just don't want to hurt my feelings. So I'd much rather other people go play. I'm not involved. And they come back and tell me what happened, good or bad. Like I, that's fine. But, but being there, no, not, not a fan at all. Couple things. <laughs> Number one, I need therapy. I know. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, uh, I, 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 I took this medicine myself, and uh, a lot of things balanced out for me. Number two, um, I played your game, dude. Your game's fun, you know, and like, that's it. Yeah. Like, move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm trying, like it's almost yeah, done. Yeah. Um, we actually, we locked the book a week ago. I, I put it on the Kickstarter. I'm yeah. given two weeks for people yeah, yeah, to find yeah. typos. So far, no one mm-hmm. has either found mm-hmm. them or no one's looking one or the other, but no one has said anything. Uh, so next Wednesday, it'll be done one way or the other. And then we go to the printers, which I have no idea how long or expensive that's going to be. So it'll right. be fun. But yeah, well, let, let's talk offline about that. Yeah, but yeah. yes, um, but yeah, man, like you, you, you're doing a thing. And I say this as somebody who's played games that weren't fun. Mm. Like the game wasn't fun. Like I definitely have a flavor of thing that I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like all things. Yeah. And uh, like Action 12 Cinema does the thing, man. Well, thank you. And it, it uses the business. And it uses D12s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're coming to about the end of the hour here. I want to be respectful of your time and I got things going on. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, lessons learned. If somebody's going to go to Big Bad Con for the first time next year, what advice would you give them? Uh, read the emails, get on a discard, and pre-read your games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I don't like pre-regging. I like getting to a con and being a little spontaneous. Um, it is not a spontaneous con. Mm. Um, so that if I had a complaint, it would be that. Uh, go with the open mind, uh, but also go knowing that like your weird will be welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I saw lots of weird that seemed welcome and my weird was welcome. And so, you know, yeah. uh, you should not go if you want to get signatures from all the people that you think are famous and cool because that is absolutely frowned upon. Um, they have a they have two panels, like two whole announcements saying, you know, like literally, if someone is looking at you and they smile, you can go up and talk to them. And otherwise, they have a conversation. Try not to interrupt, right, you know, right. um, and uh, you know. It, it's it's a networking thing, but uh, 
I know there's a lot of Asperger's in the RPG space, you know. Um, I know there are a lot of um there's a lot of anxiety in the RPG space. Uh be friendly. And if people are friendly back, you know, down the road, kind of shoot your shot, mm-hmm. you know. Don't don't go up to the guy who runs Evil Hat Games and say, Hey, you should publish my game, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey matt mercer i want to be on your show like yeah like like enjoy the atmosphere you know what i mean right like that i think that would be the 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 only the only big faux pas but you know it's 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 a it's a cool scene it's a cool vibe you're gonna like be open to some weird cool stuff and uh yeah like I've said it before. I'm a fan of conventions. Gen Con changed my life for the better mm-hmm. in some ways because now that I created Catacon, it's a huge uh, anxiety for me. But I love going to cons. I go to all the cons I can. I think I go right. to like four or five cons every year. I run a convention. I do two faculty retreats, which are basically right. like mini cons with just my personal right. friends. And um, I want people to go to as many. If it's not mine, go to a con I can't speak to all of them. There might be some terrible ones out there, but my yeah. experience has generally been very positive. I love playing games I've never played before or games I don't haven't had a chance to play a lot. Uh, I love to get to play with people like my kids who I don't normally mm-hmm. get to play side by side with. So the cons allow me to be a player with them and we get to, the dynamic is different than when I run for them or they sometimes run for me. So do, do some Google searching. Yeah. You will probably find a convention closer to you than you realize who yep. probably doesn't have a marketing budget and would love for you to know about them and show up. So, you know, maybe check into it. I do like to pre-register because I like to, again, part of my anxiety, I like to know that I have things I'm going to do, but you know, you right. can play it by ear, but you can see what's being offered. Like, right. is this a con where if you want to play D and D the whole time, are there 10 sessions of D and D every set, you know, every segment or is there no D&D? Is it, you know, a Warhammer 40 miniature sort of thing? Um, you know, explore what's around you and uh, support them. Because, again, every small con like a Catacon, there's thousands of them out there. They all want to survive mm-hmm. or thrive. And, you know, you could definitely make the difference. Uh, and some of your friendly local game stores are having kind of game days. Yes. Which yep. are kind of mini cons where you can kind of go con for a day. And, you know, they want you to play the games because they want you to buy the yep. games. But, like, they have games for you to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Brodo mentioned they, they love a Gen Con, and last year was their first Akatacon, and they had a really good time. And then Scurvy Knave jumped in saying they only go to small cons. Of those, Akatacon is their favorite. So, thank you very much for that. There we go. Appreciate it. All right, Mo. So, wrap it up. Where can people I, find you? Where can they check out your games, your other well, podcasts? Apparently, uh, a company is publishing a game of mine, uh, Bullet in the Blank. Ew, yeah. Um, I, actually, I have a copy of that that will be a play to play to win at a Catacon this year. Hey! Yeah. So, um, if if you like, if you play it and you like it, um, be great if you could support. Uh, I think it's on Backer Kit, but um, you'll see a a link on my website, ashyfeet.com. A-S-H-Y-F-E-E-T is where you could find me. You can find me on Show and Tell. Um, actually, uh, I think next week is going to be Slug Blaster, which by all by some accounts was the hit of Big Bad Con. Ooh, okay. Uh, kickstarting as we speak. And um, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm all over the place, unfortunately. But uh, 
You could find me at uh, ashyfeet.com, ashyfeet1 on Twitter. I just made it onto Blue Sky. Yay! Yay. Welcome. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, It's basically Twitter (laughs) from 10 years ago. Right. Okay. So it's not awful yet. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, you know. Uh, reach out and let me know what you think of show and tell. I'd love, I'd love some feedback. I'd love some thoughts. I would uh, like that as well. Again, I, th- I think we have our core audience who's been with us for a very long time. So yeah. they probably have already written their reviews, but uh, right. send an email. Is anybody actually listening? <laughs> yes. It's not a whole lot of people anymore, right. but there are right, still right, right. people who listen to our shows. Uh, right, but right, yeah, right. Email uh, the RPG Academy at Gmail. If you have a game, uh, or something coming yeah. up, you know, no promises. Like I said, we get so many requests, we can't fulfill them all, but we do, you know, we, we at least look into all of them. Like we check out mm-hmm. the game and see what our schedule is. So you could also email uh, me directly, the RPG came at Gmail and I forward all those to Mo and the Mo decides what he wants, what he wants, what he wants to talk about. Um, but yeah, thanks for Scurvy Nave and Broda Bush for hanging out. If there's anybody else lurking thank you for doing that uh, we normally do the show every other wednesday it's usually a little different we follow the regular detention schedule but chris being out Mo's kind enough to jump in uh, i got a catacon come up it's it's a one month from tomorrow so 29 days from today will be not well thursday's the setup day so technically two days uh, but it's really close it's kind of scary how close it is uh, registration opens this coming saturday so if you want to register probably should have a badge by saturday uh, you can still get them later, but it's harder to get into stuff after that initial rush. It, it'll be kind of wild for a little while right. there. But uh, I'm going to go get some sleep. Mo, thank you so much. Thank you for, for doing sure. the show and tell. I really appreciate you stepping up. I'm really enjoying what you're doing with it. Thank you, everybody in the chat. And uh, just remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.